very much to Jeremy Parks and Nate Sorensen for being in here. My name is Nick Hornberg. Have a great week, everybody, and go blue. I love Buddy Heald. Go Leafs. music to introduce another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Gray Matters is the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And uh, boy, I hope if you were up and about last night to check out the, what do they call it, the super full Red Wolf Moon. Yeah, that was an interesting event. Yeah, nice eclipse. Uh, blood, what, perfect. Blood uh, Moon? perfectly clear night only bad thing was the moon was right overhead so after a while your neck got a little jaunted see the front part of it from our window and then uh, we're compelled to wrap up and go outside it was cold still is obviously obviously. but anyway those uh, magical astronomical events happen every now and then but then of course uh, what I was praying for was that I wouldn't see the silhouette of Donald Trump (laughs) coming in front of the moon then i might have thought he was the lord (laughs) i was spared that experience well uh mike pence apparently thinks he's a lot like dr martin luther king uh in uh, a bizarre comparison uttered shamelessly as mike pence says most of what he says um shamelessly uh on television yesterday Mm -hmm. just jaw-dropping well, I guess I'm lucky. I missed it. What did well, it was a, it was a, a cherry picked quote out of the "I Have a Dream" speech about ah. uh, compelling legislators to use that process to address wrongs, and Mike Pence arguing that oh, uh, Donald Trump is a lot like Dr. King in that regards. He wants the legislature to address border security, which of course, <laughs> it's not too hard to find uh, the correct Martin Luther King quote. Uh, to address something like the wall. There's footage of him standing in front of the Berlin Wall saying that this is depressing. This is the very symbol of the division of mankind from himself, from each other. And uh, I don't think Dr. King would be on board with the border wall or slats or whatever. No, I don't. And I think uh, it was interesting. They had a fascinating uh, article in yesterday's... uh, week in review section about Martin Luther King and Israel and his conflicted opinions about what was going on in Israel after the 67 war. By the way, just a couple of quick notes on MLK. This, of course, is MLK Day at the Mallets Creek Library. You can head out there, uh, I think, until 830 tonight and check out actual video of Martin Luther King's speeches. 
And I know the Westgate branch of the public library is having a talk that I actually saw last year, uh, Martin Luther King and Militarism, that is about Martin Luther King's famous 4th of April speech at the Riverside Church denouncing Mm -hmm. the Vietnam War. Ironically, he was assassinated on that very date one year later, which, of course, has always raised some questions in my mind about the cover-up. But uh, one of the problems with this uh, saga, this shutdown saga, is that it's, it's remarkable, you know, that just this past week, Brexit. Order! Order! <laughs> order, I say! Order! He kept yelling, order! Order! Um... You know, the Brexit thing failed, and then they had a vote of no confidence on Theresa May, and yet she's pushing forward with the same old Brexit plan. Uh, Trump is... Uh, Can't they just revote that? I mean, clearly, most people over there seem to have Brexit regret Yes, almost immediately once the true implications were correctly unfolded. Uh, Germany apparently has made overtures saying, why go? Yeah, just revote and... yeah. You don't have referendum in Britain anyway. It's it's a kind of a weird... What David Cameron was thinking on that is anybody's guess. But, of course, uh, there's all these Brexit um, supporters that think that a revote would be a horrible event. But let's be clear about the shutdown. Uh, Donald Trump was president. Mike Mitch McConnell was the Senate Majority Leader. And Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House when the government was shut down. In December. Those are historical facts. That's almost absurd on its face. Just let's linger over that for a moment. The Republican Party controlled the the legislature, the executive, and although they don't really apply in this situation, the Supreme Court. Yeah. And yet they still could not get their crap together. Well, to prevent a government shutdown. It's gamesmanship. Well, it's rubbish is what it is, because the Senate voted uh, last February on the wall specifically, and it only got 39 votes mm. in the Senate. This is why Paul Ryan never brought it up uh, until he decided that he would bring it up two days before the adjournment. The Senate was already gone because they had passed a vo- uh, voice vote. Unanimous. To keep... The government, it was a kick the can down the road. But it was unanimous. It was unanimous because they didn't take the roll call. It Mm -hmm. was just, does anybody object? And they all said, no, let's go home for Christmas. We'll worry about this in February. But no, Mark Meadows has to get involved. Here is the other astonishing fact about the wall. This came out a couple of days after Christmas article written by Emily Cochrane and uh, Jennifer Medina. Now get this. The Trump administration has only spent 6% of the $1.7 billion allocated during the 2017-2018 fiscal year for physical barriers at the border. About $1.3 billion was designated in 2018 for different types of fencing in areas that would have covered about 96 miles. But rising costs have shaved off 12 miles. Those are the facts. I mean, that speaks to the fact that this isn't really even about an actual wall. 6%. This money, by the way, is, is in this kind of funky 
unappropriated uh, pile of cashola that is very suspicious. I highly recommend, by the way, an article in the uh, 7th of January edition of The Nation about the absurd uh, money that's disappeared into the Pentagon's coffers over the last 30 years, dating back to Ronald Reagan. It's $21 billion. The Pentagon has not ever passed an audit. They just make numbers up. And this is part of the problem. This is not about border security. For Trump, it's about a wall. I'm going to build a wall, he says. I'm building the wall. You are? It's just a soundbite. It's a soundbite, and he doesn't understand that even if the money is appropriated, they would have to file uh, eminent domain Mm -hmm. lawsuits all across the state of Texas. Now, it's big. And uh, what do you think the uh, local everything's community, big in Texas? Everything's big in Texas, and also they don't want the government coming down and taking their land. That's right. I mean, look for instance here in Michigan uh, when they when they decided to build six ninety six. It's an it's a you know it's an interstate that basically uh, bisects the northern suburbs of Detroit. I don't know how long it is precisely. Probably I'm guessing about thirty eight miles, forty miles, something like that. It took Michigan twenty eight years to build six ninety six, and you know com- to complete the whole project. $29 billion. And, of course, a lot of that money were, were, were eminent domain uh, hearings with property owners because they're cutting through, you know, towns and separate cities. Personal property, commercial property. Personal property. Stuff, yeah. And 696 is like one of the most amazing freeways in the history of human civilization. They used to have the Grand Prix in Detroit, you know, with the Formula oh, right, One yeah. cars. You get on 696 sometimes, you see people driving 95 miles an hour. (laughs) It's got some solid concrete. It's got that grooved pavement. And just an amazing amount of concrete. Just think about that. $28 billion just to build. Good example of of proper public works. Yeah. And, And, of course, this is what Donald Trump doesn't get about anything. He's just an ignoramus. Um, he's, of course, jumping for joy about this BuzzFeed story, uh, which, by the way, we don't know whether it's true or false, but who cares? It's got nothing to do with the bigger issues involving uh, Donald Trump and his various associates, his crooks, uh, in, involved in the uh, Russian uh 2016 election and And his longing for the erection of a building in moscow well he his wall is suffering from erectile dysfunction right for sure and of course who re-emerges from the graveyard from the casket oh nosferatu rudy giuliani back in the picture (laughs) Going like this. By the way, uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, the public domain allows you, I believe, to use the original Nosferatu in any derivative work you want to. The the German version. I think it was made before 1923. Might be wrong. Yeah, on they that. couldn't use the Dracula terminology because the Bram Stoker copyright still held when uh, F.W. Murnau made the 
silent classic. I think yeah. from 22 or 24, Nosferatu. But yeah, I mean, the gymnastics that Giuliani is using to justify, you know, oh, well. Uh, All I they had to do is shut up because yeah. the Mueller uh, office, which very seldom do they make a comment, said uh, there are elements of this story that are inaccurate. That's all that Giuliani needed was for, okay, there you go. See, uh, people are jumping on this story before they really know what's going on. You should just hold your horses, which is probably wise counsel in and of itself. But for him to go on and elaborate upon, well, yeah, sure, we talked about it. Uh, uh, and he said negotiations went up until uh, the day he was elected. That's right. Um, and, oh, it's no big, so what, if uh, he talked to Michael Cohen about his testimony? Well, whether or not he actually urged him to lie, I mean, honestly, in your heart of hearts, do you think that Donald Trump didn't urge anybody to lie? He probably didn't have to tell Michael Cohen no. to lie, because the public story was, we stopped talking about it at such and such a date. But all the footage from the campaign trail is... Clown pants shrugging his shoulders and putting his hands up saying, I have no deal with Russia. Why would I deal with Russia? Over and over and over again. So, While urging Russia to release the emails. Well, and, that's... And, of course, uh, Don Jr., I noticed, uh, tweeted over the weekend, ha, 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 yeah. like 28... Very, very clever, D. Jr. Boy, that's original. And, of course, he's in the hot seat uh, for meeting uh, with Russians on the 9th of June, 2016. You know, the BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed, by the way, is a kind of a upstart internet thing. This is not uh, a completely stellar, reputable media group. And it's quite conceivable, by the way, and, and because of the reemergence of Giuliani, that these BuzzFeed reporters may have been fed disinformation. Mm. Somebody planning something that looks like, uh, ooh, yeah. this is a juicy one, but is actually... Because uh, you like to believe the, the story, the substance of it, if you're an opponent of Donald Trump, and BuzzFeed probably can be characterized like that. But it doesn't really matter. Cohen's going to testify before the House in, you know, eight weeks. Less than that, February 7th. We'll find out more. Now, maybe he won't answer questions at the urging of uh, Special Investigator... Uh, Robert Mueller, but uh, but who knows? And um, BuzzFeed, by the way, its other original claim to fame was the original Steele dossier. Mm -hmm. um, just real quickly on that, they all they did was publish the Steele dossier. Uh, they didn't uh, fully vet it. Many mainstream uh, media organizations were reluctant to. Um, publish the Steele dossier. But the Steele dossier is pretty remarkable in and of itself. This is from July of 28, uh, 2016. Steele writes, Source E reported that this conspiracy of cooperation was well-developed. On one side was the Trump leadership. On the other, Trump and his top aides. Of the conspiracy, Steele wrote, this was managed on the Trump side by Republican candidate campaign manager Paul Manafort. Remember him? <laughs> He's been convicted. And Trump is contemplating pardoning him. Who was using foreign policy, Paul Manafort, was using foreign policy advisor Carter Page and other intermediaries. The two sides had mutual interests in defeating Hillary Clinton. 
whom Putin apparently both hated and feared. Uh, it goes on to detail that um, in the dossier that uh, the dossier further claimed that the candidate's team was, quote, relatively relaxed about the adverse publicity concerning Russian interference. This deflected the media and the Democrats' attention away from Trump's business dealings in China and emerging markets. Unlike Russia, these were substantial and involved payments of large bribes and kickbacks, which, were they to become public, would be potentially very damaging. We already have impeachable offenses on Donald Trump. He bribed Stormy Daniels, who's got a memoir out. I'm sure it's fascinating. And uh, the Playboy model, uh, Stephanie McDougal. That was Cohen's uh, job. Mr. That's Fixon. bribery. It's right in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, it's under the impeachable offenses. Um, and a variety of other problems. Section 3, by the way, treason against the United States shall, shall consist only in levying war against them or adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. And here's where it gets awkward when you look at the list of what Putin wanted sure. and what he has gotten. He's gotten a lot of comfort. He's gotten a lot of comfort. In fact, the most recent one is the lifting of sanctions on Oleg Deripovska, who bizarrely the Republicans voted in favor of. That's highly inexplicable. Um, and and by the way, Oleg is in the is in the steel dossier. And, and much of the steel dossier, the salacious bit about the the piss tape, as it's uh, loquaciously called, uh, that's irrelevant too. Uh, nobody wants to know if that's true. But much of the Steele dossier has been confirmed. Uh, so, uh, you know, regarding this uh, Deripovska uh, stroking, um, it's it's just a little bizarre to figure out why the Republican Party is itself on board with that. Isn't the writing on the wall that, uh-oh, this, who knows what Mueller knows? He knows a lot. and We don't know what he knows. Do you really want to cozy up? with Trump on Russia? Well, and he's also a aluminum billionaire. He's an aluminum magnate. I, I love that description of him. And of course, the aluminum, the metal aluminum is, uh, is involved in the uh, tariff uh, policy of Donald J. Trump. Uh, steel prices have gone up. Aluminum prices have gone up. Yeah, this is going to generate millions for Deripaska, who has been directly linked to individuals working for the intelligence agencies who ran the interference on the election. And minimal uh, um, job creation from a few steel mills opening up here and there. But fascinatingly, the New York Times reported last week that the American Steel Corporation's stocks have plummeted. I mean, well, does, does that mean that Russia's got a little... Uh, Maybe they ought to build the wall out of aluminum. Well, you know, I mean, clearly Putin has gotten much of what he wanted. Uh, every attempt to lift the sanctions, uh, Congress passes something, Trump doesn't enforce it. Um, the, the, one of the questions that remains is, well, if Putin was getting what he wanted, 
did Trump get what he wanted? I don't think quite so, because I don't think Trump wanted to be president. I actually uh, have been thinking a lot. Frank Bruni had a piece in the Sunday Times about Trump never really wanted to be president. This was a publicity stunt for business purposes. I've kind of come to that conclusion months ago. He wanted to lose close. He wanted to lose close so he'd have something to complain about. He'd be more famous than ever. And he would have uh, made all these explicit efforts to, oh, yeah, I'd be much for Why shouldn't we be friends with, with Russian? Putin's a great guy. Uh that would have been stroking uh, adequate to get his precious tower in Moscow. Um, I still say you go back to the night he won and the body language was, oh, God, uh-oh, uh-oh, oh, yeah. crap. Well, you can see it on his face when he met uh, Obama the next day. He's not looking real happy. He's uh, unusually so, orange. If, if getting what he wanted, you know, if the presidency was not what he wanted and that was what he got from the connection with Putin, then the answer is, what is Trump getting if Putin's getting all this stuff? I think there's still secrets that Putin has, knowledge that he has, whether it's financial or personal, uh, that he is levying over. And what Trump gains from all this bending over backwards for bootsy-wootsy is... Uh, don't say anything. Keep it quiet. Keep it don't quiet. let everybody know. Don't don't let anybody know about my plan to withdraw America from NATO. Trying to bust that up. A fascinating photograph from the summer. You know, with the body language of Donald Trump, he's like standing, hovering over Merkel. He's just just about has his finger out and is just about jabbing it in in, in her eyeball, and she's kind of looking at him stoically, like. I already talked to you about this, dude. <laughs> we made a deal with Obama to increase our defense spending to 2% by the year 2024. We are not reneg renegotiating that. Go over and sit in your corner. Do, 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 do I need to speak Russian <laughs> so that you understand what I'm telling you? Because I think Merkel might know some Russian. Interestingly, she was from Eastern Europe. And of course, while the media was kind of dancing on Merkel's grave over the summer when she began uh, giving up her chancellorship in four years or whatever, the precise year of 2021, and has turned over the leadership of the Christian Democratic Party in Germany to uh, a new person uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. A young fellow, yeah. But we don't need to worry about her. She's actually another woman like uh, Mer like Merkel. And, you know, the, there's all this hysteria in the media about the right-wing German uh, uh, party that got 13% of the vote, which means they're in the Bundestag, but they're not in the government. They don't have any ministers. Merkel kept them out. So Merkel is just sort of gracefully exiting into the sunset. She's not too excited about listening to Donald Trump or even dealing with the weirdness that's going on in Great Britain. I can assure you the media probably over the next couple of weeks will, will have more stories about the driving habits of Prince, Prince Philip. Philip. <laughs> they had a picture of him. He's not wearing a seatbelt. Like two days after a rollover? I'm like, well, the guy grew up on a horse. Come on. Do you wear a this isn't my polo pony. This, you know, jump, wear, jump. You don't this wear, thing won't jump. You don't wear a seatbelt when you ride a horse. A skilled horseman, um, and it shows him like pulling out, looking around, 
It's a classic photograph, but that's uh, now the driving habits of Prince Philip are going to be scrupulously examined by the Rupert Murdoch rags in the British media. And, of course, surprise, surprise, uh, the British government is investigating Russian disinformation and purchasing of ads and social media misinformation and disinformation related to the Brexit vote. Sure. So that's in another ongoing investigation. You will remember, by the way, that when they had the Brexit vote, Trump took credit for it. Mm-hmm. The day afterwards. It was my idea. See? Yeah, everybody's getting on board my idea. It was my idea all along. I mean, the guy is just uh, incorrigible. He's he's unbelievable. The Soviets were right to invade Afghanistan, yeah. he observed later. And then we have Mike Pompeo uh, delivering a speech a week ago in Cairo attacking Obama. He spent some of last week uh, holding hands with uh, MBS, the crown prince yeah. of uh, Mr. Bonesaw. And that's what the BS stands for, I guess. Not Bin Salman, but uh, Mohammed Bonesaw. Uh, oh, don't be afraid, uh, crown prince. We still love you. We're still your friend. Yeah, and of course, uh, unfortunately, there was a uh, t- attack in Syria that killed four Americans. The same day that Mike Pence was proudly proclaiming, Donald Trump has defeated ISIS. It's all over. They've been defeated. Defeated very badly. And, you know, look, ISIS is just the remnants of the uh, terrorists that were in Iraq, the Zarqawi network. They moved into Syria, but they've scattered around. What Donald Trump did was bomb Raqqa to the Rock Ages. It was sort of like Fred Flintstone. He has a job. He's collecting rocks in Raqqa. Uh, it's it's just remarkable. And this continuing um, shutdown, by the way, I really do think it's it's time for a general strike. Well, that's one possible uh, outcome here. I think if this goes another uh, couple of weeks, that that's indeed where we will have to end up. Because, I mean, the litany of... <sighs> It's the border people. It's the Coast Guard. You know, tax season is upon us. Prison guards. Prison guards. All sorts of things. And, you know, and that's just the stuff that's like a national security concern. Uh, When you start to look at the layers of it that are in the realm of things that Republicans like to pretend aren't real anyway, like climate studies, uh, ice cap melting surveys. This is crucially important data collecting that must be done on a consistent and continual basis. Uh, the very survival of our civilization itself is potentially at stake in the data accumulated in these studies. Yep. These are worthy expenditures of taxpayer dollars, and yet they are on hiatus while uh, Dingus McGee uh, pouts and, and shouts in the corner, and Mitch McConnell plays pocket pool. Well, he needs to come out of his groundhog uh, hole. I mean, I guess on the 2nd of February, McConnell may emerge. <laughs> What's he going to see? A shadow of Donald Trump. That's right. And he'll know that there's six more weeks of winter. And uh, it turns but out not like- six more weeks of a shutdown, because if this doesn't get solved fairly quickly... I mean, the notion that some... A prison guard is supposed to work 16 hours in a row 
without pay. I mean, what is this, slavery? Right. But do you remember the days of slavery? <laughs> to quote Bernard Spear? I don't think Donald Trump does, but he has a long tradition of not paying his contractors, well, shafting his workers. He was actually sued by mm -hmm. Polish workers for one of his great building projects. I'm building a wall. I'm going to build a wall. It's ridiculous. And, you know, most of us in the WCBN listening audience, I'm sure, we're basically living paycheck to paycheck like most Americans. And uh, that's another thing that, that Trump will never understand is the financial pressures that everyday people are under. Sure. Consistently. And for decades now, frankly. Well, and you budget, you, you budget, you of know, course. households have to budget. The problem is the government uh, violates the budget repeatedly. This is one of the problems with Mitch McConnell and his incompetent management of the Senate uh, for these almost nearly a decade now. Obstructionism, shutting things down, these continuing resolutions. I've always pointed out that Donald Trump uh, never did pass a budget in his first year of the presidency. Right. He just had continuing resolutions using the Obama numbers. So when an article says, when is a fence all wall, an end to the shutdown may ride on the answer, which is the article that I quoted from earlier about how the administration has only spent 6% of the $1.7 billion allocated from a year ago, you get an idea that Donald Trump is not building a wall. What he's doing is campaigning for re-election. He went to West Virginia 10 times. Montana, he wanted to get rid of Tester. He did a lot of campaigning. If he'd spent less time campaigning last year and more time building the wall, uh, we might actually have something. This money has been appropriated. This is just a debate about whether it's going to be $1.7 or $5.7 or $2.8 or whatever. That's all negotiable. So when they say, let's get the government reopened and continue the debate, that seems like the rational way to go. But we're not dealing with a, a sane person anymore. Well, I mean, Ann Coulter and Rush Limbaugh have the leverage uh, over him, apparently. I mean, that, that was what caused him to uh, renege on the deal that looked like it was good to go. Yeah. And, and we're, who the hell is she? I mean, to to have any stake in this. Well, she's poltergeist is what she is. And that's a uh, I'm borrowing that from Keith Olbermann. I always thought that was a great uh, put down of her. Um, and what does she know about immigration? I don't know. Look, the immigration issues are complicated. Um, Trump, of course, threw out a, a uh, negotiation uh, tactic over the weekend regarding DACA. Tweeting 40 times yeah. in a single day. Tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. Oh, what a beautiful shutdown. I don't, uh, there's probably teenage girls who tweet like that. I want the workers to not work for any pay. What's the big deal? Uh, stay tough with me. It'll I'm just going to keep on tweeting as I look for more Russians to pay. Play. <laughs> Speaking of pay to play, uh, the uh, revelation, by the way, we're. Uh, Listening, uh, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We've got a little extra time here at the top of the hour. Yazoo City Calling will be following this program directly. 
the weather is pretty uh, dicey out there. It's actually clear at the moment, but very cold. And so Jerry Mack is no doubt on his way uh, here to bring you the blues, uh, which are a great consolation to us in these troubled times. Uh, but the revelations uh, of the large numbers of 